0: this is current k2t
1: yo this is
0: toby colossus and you are listening to the think breaks podcast Welcome back to Think Breaks, it's Season 2, Episode 10, and joining me in the room today are two people from a label you guys might know very well. This label's been responsible for some amazing releases from the likes of Inmost, Winslow, Monica, Loar, and many, many more. From Solvent Records, it's Joe Goss and Mike Drop, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. (laughs) How's it going, guys? All good? Not too bad, mate, yeah. All good, mate. I've
2: been looking forward to this, actually. I know we've had to... um redo the schedule a couple of times but nice to be here and talking to you
0: yeah nice to finally do this we're it's been a while but it'll be worth it i'm sure it will yeah so for the sake of our audience could you introduce yourselves
1: uh yeah sure go on First, uh, yes yeah, so my name is joe goss uh i'm the label manager and co-founder of solvent records and mike <laughs>
2: um mike <laughs> aka mic drop um and i uh do all of the artist royalty calculations and kind of spreadsheets and other boring stuff and i also get to do the podcast and sometimes um open
0: the shows and the events that we do brilliant brilliant nice intros there uh let's get straight into it then um first off i just want to ask solvent records it's been established since 2013 how did everything start between you guys? Were you guys mates before or how did you guys come across the idea to start up Solvent as a business?
1: So uh, label, well, the label like Solvent is, is kind of, um, there, there was there was a forerunner to the label as it were. Um, so, I mean, the, the label was founded by me, uh, Jack Polar, uh, one half of Poland Bryson and um, Liam Holyoke Rackle. Um, so me and Liam have been, uh, best friends for probably like, what, 23 years, something like that, quite a long time. Um, and then we, we met Jack maybe like in the space of like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, and so we, we were all working on a, a, a different label before Solvent, a label called Discus Records, which was, uh, initially sort of founded by some friends of ours and um so they they got us involved and we worked with them for about a year and a half uh and after that time you know we we kind of things drifted a bit as they do um you know we were all quite young um we were sort of still figuring out what we were doing and uh kind of got to a point where yeah that 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 label was sort of coming to an end and, and we uh we were sort of wondering what to do with our energies and uh decided to kind of start start a new one. So uh so Solvent was born in like uh December twenty thirteen um in a little bar in Shoreditch. And it kind of came from there. I mean like uh obviously me me, Liam and Jack uh, have like a great friendship. Um but yeah it was cool to kind of have something to unite unite us and tie us all together outside of just being mates, you know?
0: Yeah. Something that you could work together in and just keep working. Yeah, yeah for sure. And Mike, how did you come into the picture for this? Um, So
2: I actually met Joe uh, outside a show at um, Fire Slash Lightbox in Vauxhall in um, November 2016. Uh, It was, I think it was, it was a spearhead event in room one. Um, And I think that was Steve BC's birthday i want to say 40th birthday maybe i'm doing him a disservice um anyway and solvent (laughs) was doing room two and i had you know i was a fan of of the label um before that right and that's why i was going to the show my first solvent tune i heard was on the hospital podcast it was arch origin city by night and i was like you know previously into trance music and stuff and if you've heard that tune it's (laughs) yes it's it's uh perfect gateway drug for a previous like trance uh band. definitely um so I was I was at this show with my cousin Chris big up Chris um and we we're outside waiting for our cab and um Joe walks by never seen him before don't know what you know who he is what he's doing just got a solvent t-shirt on and Chris goes that guy's got a solvent t-shirt on so I was like nice t-shirt bro and then we just got chatting and um yeah i think we continued the party back at um back at mine with Joe um, and then we got chatting, and you know, I was like, "I'm just a fan of your label." And um, it wasn't until um, September 2017, right? So I'm, I'm, you know, make friends with Joe, and um, kind of basically <laughs> nagging him for about a year um, to to be able to just come in and help, right? Because I thought that hmm. I had, you know, some transferable skills about, you know, because I've got like a normal job in inverted commas doing spreadsheets all day and i was like look you know you 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 might you could you could do with some help in this area right um and so yeah after september 2017 um the other guys said it was okay for me to join and then um it's been it's been great ever since man like i've just i'm still in pinch myself <laughs> mode sometimes you know because yeah. like I it's a dream come a true and met and met him and and yeah just you can do it is is what I'd say to people yeah. listening. You can do it, and I sometimes in meetings I always joke and say never meet your heroes because lo- I've learned so many things about these guys. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, of course. But it's, yeah, it's all
0: it's all good, man. It's all good. Nice. And see, words of advice already, and we're only five minutes in. Perfect. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: I've got a patron question which kind of links to like your history and so on. Uh, it comes from a guy called Harry who just wants to ask. Um, what got you guys into DMB? Like, how did you guys become DMB fans?
1: So, uh, for me, it's quite an interesting one. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in quite a musical family. My dad was, uh, was a DJ, and he he ran a record label as well called Wawa Forty Fives, which is like sort of funk and soul and hip hop that kind of vibe. And so, yeah, I grew up in like a quite a musical household, listening to a lot of diverse uh, styles of music. Um, but I guess kind of the main, main direction would be, um, my, my uncle is Chris Goss, uh, who's one of the founders of hospital records. Um, so I think I discovered d uh, through, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, through Ronnie size and, and represent back in the day, listening to that stuff in the car when I was like 12. Um, so that was my kind of first exposure and I guess it just kind of came from there really, you know, I, I love, mm. love all forms of music. Um, and I think there are so many sort of broad, rich um, influences from across all genres that kind of cultivate and, and you know, are, are a meeting point in D B. So yeah, it was it was pretty open and shut once I'd had my first exposure, as it were.
0: Mm, almost like, you know, once you're in it, that's it, you're in it for life sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, some people have quite strong ideas or thoughts uh, in their head when people say drum and bass, and often those aren't. Uh, you know some some people have got it pigeonholed because of one mm-hmm. thing they heard like absolute tear out or foghorn or something baked by sigma or fresh or whatever and you know as much as those things can be applicable there are a very very small keyhole into to what the world is on a wider sense you know
0: yeah definitely um how about you mike what's got you into dnb then
2: so as, as mentioned like when I was at university i was like getting um big into my sort of house music and and trance music right and um mm. when was it it was second year of university um i got i got past um one of the hospital mix cds and um i was right. like this is this is great this is amazing um, and a, and a few years before that actually i was listening to a lot of um jungle i had the um I think it's like jungle is massive, like compilation thing from DJ hype and like track one was uh renegade terrorist. Right. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I think um, just being interested in like, you know, playing the drums previously, like I'd done it when I was at school and always had an appreciation for like the sort of percussive instruments. Right. And then I was into my dance mm. music and, all the uplifting stuff that you get in your, in your house and your trance music um, kind of like the euphoric shit, like made made me um, feel good. Right. And then when I, when I found this subgenre of liquid, um, it just, yeah, I, 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 at the time when I was listening to my house and trance music, I was like, I'm so tribal about this. I'm never going to turn away from this. This is me now. Right. When I'm dropping my kids off at school, Uh, later in life They're going to be like Shut up the trance music Right now it's I'm so troubled about drum and bass I can't I don't know what happened Dad music Yeah I don't know mm. what
0: happened that, that made it flip over
2: But I can't see myself Doing anything else now
0: No I like that No I completely agree though It is um, Very much something That just sticks with you And Yeah I mean It's music in the end of the day It becomes part of our identity As you know As producers As people who run labels And so on Um, I like that I like that a lot actually and you know it's so true about the cultivation of many genres I mean you listen to what's being made now and you know there's a lot of producers where you know like producer A was inspired by a completely different thing from what producer B was inspired by Um, and it moves quite nicely into another question we've got Um, so obviously solvent over the years it's been quite a few years now we're getting almost to a decade um but it's helped create established names you know we've got Poland and brighton of course but you know you've got galaxy mm-hmm. b moon uh yep. winslow very recently as well and um we noticed that Solvent almost paving the way for the future generation what's to become big and um as from the time we're recording this on monday you announced that uh, inmost got signed which is great news so congratulations mm-hmm. on that thank you very much um we've got a question here which is what's the main driving factor that makes you want to sign an artist exclusively like what is it about their sound or their style that draws you into that
1: It's good question um I, I guess like you know obviously as you mentioned um i say this sort of humbly you know we've we've um We've always been kind of music led and music focused, so uh, obviously, that's how we've developed a lot of the artist relationships we have. You know, people have just come onto our radar by submitting music and stuff. And i, I'm, I when I was writing the post the other day, I was like, it's, Yeah, our first release with Inmost would have been back in 2017. And um, I, the boys are cool, like Josh, Josh and Bailey. You know, I don't know uh, what the listeners will know about the guys, um, but like Bailey, Bailey moved over, um to to the uk from australia to to kind of work on the inmost project with josh they met initially through soundcloud um and kind of fast forward to where they are now you know they've just put out the cloud 9 ep with um ruth royal and etherwood i mean like initially for us you know it's obviously like the the music first and then also like personal relationships and we were after the boys for a while i remember before we did their um their debut album they they had a pot of tracks (laughs) <laughs> for uh for an ep and uh just the quality level was so high that we were just like nah like you gotta do an album like th- you know there was just i think they have mm. such an intelligent approach to the way that they write and and produce um that 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 once we'd heard that first batch it was like we knew we were in for something serious you know from we when, when we first heard their first demos and stuff it was an indication but i mean they've just for me personally as musicians they've gone from absolute strength to strength as artists over the last like four years and um i feel really like privileged to work with them
0: yeah and i mean their album was incredible really um and speaking of in most as well um We obviously had the recent Alternative Roots uh, EP, which had quite a number of remixes. You know, you have Kazra on there and quite a few others. And what what I really liked was that there were multiple genres in that, uh, including that really good Garage Mm. remix of Home. Um, So in terms of... I know these are remixes, but um, is that a sign of uh, the openness Solvent has to for their artists in the sense of you know you want to develop your artists not just as drum and bass artists but as musicians as a whole?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that's really important to to music in the wider sense. You know, um, DNB is somewhat a, a niche genre um, that has flutters in the mainstream charts every now and then when someone deems it appropriate <laughs> <laughs> well said I, I think as individuals and yeah and, and human beings and creatives we kind of have an obligation to one another to to strive for the best and um you know just try and try and get the most out of every situation and i think o- almost fittingly as, as mike mm. described his way into B, um you know like we're all we all listen to all sorts of music and um you know like moving to a kind of multi-genre release for us as a label was a little scary um but I think it made total sense in the fact that you know we're all inspired by everything the fans and the artists um and that's something that we really want to try and support with the label as well as like development for artists you know like the way that we approach A&R and stuff like that there as far as I'm concerned anyway is a kind of there are no silly questions you know you, you can say, uh, Do you want, like, I want, I want purple wax for this release. Can we do that? Yeah, we'll try that out. Or I've got a banging garage remix that I just did of one of the tunes. Can we put that out? Yeah, too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, no no questions too much, I think, really. At the end of the day, if it's a creative endeavor, mm. I feel like oh, everything should be on the table.
2: And I think if you mm. look across the back hat that we've got, like, um, you know, probably gets overlooked. But just before we put out our um, five years of solvent um, compilation, we put out uh, like a down tempo halftime thing from monica um called fortress yeah big up max by the way um and and that uh was our first like real exclusively non-drum and bass release Mm. i think joe um and and we've had you know some different tempo stuff across some other releases but um that i think that was the point that we just as we were coming into the five year um period where we started to embrace that a bit more and and like mm-hmm. start to chip away at the edges of, of maybe what people were uh, expecting from us or knew us for
0: yeah essentially like constantly surprising the fans and giving them something they wouldn't expect and actually make their eyes turns towards you more because if you're releasing the same sort of style again and again it almost becomes it's really I don't know how to say it properly but it's almost like it's habitual. Oh, here's another drum and bass roller. Here's another one. Sort of A bit thing. predictable, yeah. So um that's it, exactly predictable. That's the word. Um <laughs> but yeah, so it's really nice to see these um different avenues being explored, these different styles. Um and it brings us nicely to um it, goes, it links with the alternative routes as well. Um, you're doing remix competitions. At the time of recording, the competition for Glimmer has just finished. But before that, we had Pieces, who our previous guest, Ben Rolo, won. Um, so big up, Ben Rolo. Shout out, Ben. Um, shout out, Ben. Yeah. Shout out, Ben. Um, <laughs> the qu- question is, what makes a track a good track to remix? So, why was it pieces? Why was it uh glimmer so like what is the distinction in those tunes that make those the remix tunes for a competition
1: so i'm like I'm trying to think back mike can can you remember with pieces was pieces uh was that off off your back? I can't quite remember i'm I'm already in the the next one for glimmer i can't I can't remember what the impetus was um
2: right so I can't claim the the um credit for the the idea of a remix competition right but I think when we started talking um as a team and and with Josh and Bailey as well about um tunes to remix um I think that one just like stood out for me as a a potential like tune that could be taken in loads of different directions because I think the elements mm. in there you know like the it was quite like a sort of standout um vocal piece from uh Dale may that felt like it could be malleable, different, different directions. Um, And the, the melodic elements of it as well, I felt like they could be broken down and, um, you know, taken in different direction rather than, you know, some of their other tunes like, um, you know, Bonsai or Fade Out or Crimson Eyes. To me, they, you know, to, to break those apart would, would not, would would maybe take something away from them. Um, But that just felt Mm. like a more of a flexible tune. Um, I, I can't, Joe. I think Joe can give us the thoughts on on Glimmer, but um, yeah, we we just basically listed listed out them all as candidates and went through and just crossed them off if we didn't think there'd be a good. good oh, okay.
1: Idea. Yeah, I mean, in regard to like Glimmer, obviously, you know, Lucy absolutely smashed it um, on that track, and I I think for <laughs> for <laughs> myself, like, uh, you know, F- Flo Anastasia was sick on Home as well, but Glimmer always had that uh, similar sing along um vibe and feel for me um and so i think when we were looking at at, because because the obviously the the direction for doing another remix competition was literally just the success of the first one you know um and it's been wicked to kind of develop a bit of a relationship with ben from that as well because you know he's he was very kind of thankful and happy with how things went with that um we were chuffed as well you know and um i think like both both tracks uh, you know that we're gonna announce the um The winners of the glimmer uh competition in the sort of coming weeks or well i mean
2: we were just talking about it before we came on to record this right
1: (laughs) so yeah i mean like keep uh keep an eye for any listeners keep an eye on the socials over the next few days or you know as the podcast lands i'm sure the information will be out um but yeah i mean like you know i think think uh, as i mentioned like the the approach that the the boys have to uh their productions uh means that there's there's a fair fair few things to choose from um i remember we did a little uh, documentary like mini documentary when they had done voyager um and uh, there, there's a there's a there's a funny little quote from josh and bailey on it about how they approach their production which is they like to take take a sound take a nice sound and break it and then make it sound nice again and i think um that's quite evident in elements of their production so uh, yeah, we kind of spoilt for choice with some of their stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, I think I think for that mm. one particularly, because uh, D- Dale's kind of vocal on, on pieces is um, a little bit more processed. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Lucy just absolutely killed it on Glimmer. It's still one of my kind of uh, closet favourites on the album. So, but the whole thing's great. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, spo- spoilt for choice with those guys <laughs> trying to do a remix competition, you know? Like, um, And yeah, it's, it seemed to, to go down well. Um, as as the pieces one did
0: definitely the other
2: thing I would say is that Bailey is notoriously hard to please right so the fact that we've got a first second and third um, winner on on this one to be announced shortly is you know a testament to the quality of the entries so big up Mm. everyone who put put something forward Um, yeah really good
0: really good efforts but we have to narrow it down to three which is always tough that's the hard bit isn't it like you must have got hundreds to, to narrow that to three almost feels like an impossible task at times especially with the wide variety of styles you must have got i'm,
2: I'm gonna keep some as some submissions as like sneaky dubs <laughs> oh i
0: like that nice to play to play them at some events or in the podcast or something you know that's actually quite great actually
2: nice yeah i
0: mean it i mean it works doesn't it it's an, it technically is a remix that you could just use for your own that's great um It's nice that you guys mentioned about uh, building a relationship with Ben, uh, because Ben's a really good friend of ours. And um, in our Think Breaks community, our listeners, a lot of them are upcoming producers, upcoming labels. Um, So they're always keen to hear from our guests, like any tips or any words of advice. And I guess you guys, since you run Solvent, you must get tons of demos like always the, the, the box must be full. So um, for the sake of our listeners, I'd like to ask um, are there sometimes there'll often be demos that uh, I can relate to this since I run a label as well. Um, there'll often be demos that are good but don't quite hit the spot um, uh, It could be so because of production technique or it could just be arrangement technique. What do you guys notice with demos that just don't quite hit that solvent mark? Like common things you see upcoming producers doing,
1: I guess. Like um, from from my perspective, one thing with demos and in in you know, in regard to like uh, approach and arrangement and composition, uh, one of my sort of pet peeves is the uh, the copy and paste first first to second drop. Um, just because I think like you know it's really really important in any mm. kind of music, be it dance music or or, or other more popular let's say um really really important to kind of keep keep your listener in in mind and keep keep their ear engaged throughout what they're listening to because um, for me if if i can if i can listen to four minutes and the second uh, uh you know the last three or four minutes sound like the first one and two I, I, you know that on first listen that doesn't keep me engaged and entertained and i think we're always, at least for myself, from an A&R perspective, we're always considering the listener, you know? And I think, like, um, the golden moment often with with demos and and kind of going through stuff, whether it be from our established artists that we're working with uh, when they're, you know, working towards writing a a project or just a random demo that lands with us, um, you want just those kind of crystallising moments of beauty or or something catches you, you know, like a synth part comes in and and you get something fleeting, which is there for a second and it's it's gone and i think sometimes like that that's that's when you've really achieved the goal as a producer is like getting that right mix of getting the nice sound and bringing it in so it's in for just long enough that the ear goes oh i want a bit more of that where's it gone and uh i think think that's really important um when when you know considering mm. the the music you're putting forward to to labels is just uh to not to not rush things you know to make su- to make sure that where, even if it's one track or 10 that you're submitting really make sure that you've scrutinized every element of, of what you've put down there. Cause yeah, you want to, you want to keep everyone engaged, you know, you want, you, and especially where we're under this kind of dance music umbrella. Um, you want tracks to have kind of uh, some, some longevity and some shelf life, which is quite difficult to achieve in, in dance music, I think. Um, and yeah, you know, you want, you want tracks to stand up at the rave next week and in your headphones for the months to come. Um, and I think that that consideration needs to be there when putting ideas down.
0: Nice. Um, I'd like to extend that to you a bit differently, Mike, because obviously you run, you've got the whole Solvent podcast and um, any, so I'm very much in the same lane as Joe in the terms of um, how I see demos as well. Uh, but I often get into debates with people who are just like, you know, oh, people only listen to the first three or four seconds to guess if it's good enough for a mix and so on. So I'd like to hear your thoughts as someone who runs the podcast, does very regular mixes, what your thoughts are on that.
2: Sure. Um, So I think my uh, approach to it would be different to that of of Joe and Jack and Liam who who do the the A&R. Like you say, I'm I'm, um, listening to it primarily to see if I like it, right? And the podcast is Mm. certainly an avenue for me to just be super self-indulgent and be like... Here's all the tunes I like now. You're going to have to listen to them or, or turn off, I guess. But, um, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm listening quite self from quite selfish reasons, right? Like I've got my own personal taste about the tunes that I like, and if I compare that back to when I first started listening to drum and bass, it's so different. So, um, I think yeah, you want it's so cliche to say, but like you want something a bit different, um, but at the mm. same time. Like I'm always going to be someone who really likes the sort of the glimmers and the homes and the, you know, female vocal led stuff and maybe a bit of like sort of more swelly, darker bits and, you know, like interesting drum patterns and stuff like that to make it um, harder for me to mix it sometimes. Um, Mm, Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question, Um, but certainly I do listen to more like than just the first four or five seconds you know as you as you suggested because um it's you uh, like i'm going to be mixing like probably you know 60 percent of the tune yeah yeah of course the the the, the actual listener's going to hear 60 percent possibly of the tune so um yeah i don't know if i've answered your question but
0: no no i thought that was a good answer it was um it was just interesting because um I guess there's often a very different way in which we listen to music based on what we actually do. So um, it was quite cur- quite mm. interesting hearing your thoughts on that. And it's good to know you don't listen to just four seconds as well, because that's an argument I don't really understand myself. Um, mm. Like, I, it almost um, depreciates the value of music, you know, what we're streaming and all this. So... Um, that's really good. And tonight. you know what I would say is it's
2: so easy for people to just like discount a tune. Like they just listened to first four seconds ago. Now nah, that's shit or whatever. But something I yeah. don't experience myself because I don't make the music. It's someone's put like hours and hours and months into that. You know, if they've plucked up the courage to send it. Yeah. The least that, that we can do as, as a label is listen to it and give it the you know, time of day to to actually consider it. Now, as you said, we get shitloads all the time and I would love to be able to, to, you know, go back to every single person and and give them some really constructive feedback. Um, But, you know, that's just not possible, sadly. Um, But I would stress to people that, you know, don't just discount a tune um, straight away because someone has put some serious hours in their bedroom or studio, whatever it is, into
0: making that and also back themselves to send it out yeah exactly so the least they can do is like give them the respect that they deserve really so yeah it's actually really refreshing to hear that so thank you for backing me up on that (laughs) but um, (laughs) uh all right man (laughs) yeah so i just wanted to talk about events um in october it's spearhead versus solvent um and i know obviously mike you came into the whole story through a spearhead event so um might as well start with you How'd it feel to do this whole spearhead and solvent an event now that we're at the time of this recording apparently all back to normal in quotation <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um do you know what it it's
2: um it, it's it's really nice and yeah it, it it dawned on me as we were doing the the like the first cut the cu- question about how i got started with joe and that um that this is you know kind of like a a link to that and um like uh, do you know what i've been so lucky these guys have given me such uh, great opportunities to you know dj abroad and dj in fabric twice twice it was only it was only like the third time djing outside my bedroom and i was in fabric room three like that's just mental yeah when i talked about pinch yourself mm. scenes at, at the start of the show that's that's kind of what i meant um and you know it's it's basically another extension of, of me being able to um, just be super self-indulgent and just play people tunes that I like, um, which is good that they put me on early doors because otherwise, you know, people might not be there for the, for the, um, for the, for the key parts of the show, but you know, big up to Steve and, and, and spearhead. Cause I've been a spearhead fan for a long time. Um, and mm. it's great to just sit when you see the flyer and the poster with the lineup, right to see the names that we've got like stacked side by side is, is great. And, um, I feel like we're growing. Um, obviously the last year, 18 months has been, been shit for events, you know, but, um, I feel I guess, like yeah. every time we do one, it's like better than the last one. And it's growing and, and evolving and, and more people want to be on our shows, right? Like, you know, we've got Degs on a lineup and we're getting, um, you know, more and more people. You look at our lineup for the hospitality weekend in the woods thing in September, right? We've got some super big names on there that when we first mm. did hospitality in the park in the Solvan, you know, compare and contrast
0: that kind of lineup, um, it's it's mental, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's so nice to see that such an event take place. Um, how'd the connection with uh BC come? I guess this is more towards Joe since there was a Solvent Room 2 event back in the day as well.
1: So I think our link up with uh with Spearhead and Steve kind of came from just sort of occupying a similar space let's say i mean obviously you know um spearhead is wicked label um put the years in um well respected within the scene um hmm. and you know we've been lucky enough to release the music from from bc himself and uh, the vanguard project um so yeah i mean it, it kind of fit quite nicely to come together for, for that event you know and i think um it, it's it's nice to do almost a throwback in a sense because obviously yeah you know like uh that that last event that we did with them was so key in kind of finding Mike and being pivotal from that sense that um it's n- it's nice now that like Mike can come back in a bigger club and be on the fucking lineup himself you know <laughs> so um, beautiful <laughs> but yeah no like uh got got big love for for Steve and the Spearhead Camp and um really excited for that event like it's gonna be wicked
0: nice yeah um that should be a good event and I really hope it goes for, goes well for you guys um I mean for anyone listening it's in October. Uh, tickets should be. Uh, it's the end of July that this episode goes out. Are tickets up for um sale?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yep. So it's Friday, eighth of October at E one. There we go. So um, make sure you don't miss that if you need some vibes. Um, going to obviously we've spoken about it and it was bound to come up. Um, with the last eighteen months and events not being around, mm. how has uh lockdown affected Solvent as a business? Like. Have you guys seen your artists make more music due to the loss of events? How's that been?
1: It's been interesting. I mean, um, in terms of like the operations of the label, I actually, I went full time um, as of May last year. Um, and, you know, I mean, we also had, like, the release of the the debut record from the Inmost Boys as well. Um, so, I mean, there were kind of, like, a few things to get to, grip with, get, get to grips with at that time. You know, I think, like, literally everyone on the planet was trying to figure out what was going on and how, how they were going to survive, be that kind of, like, financially, where they're living, what they're doing for work, yeah. etc. And um, obviously there's that angle that music is, is therapy. And um, so, you know, it's been amazing for us that we've been able to continue um as we were and and beyond in terms of myself going full time um it's it's a strange one i mean i think i guess we've all been trying to keep our heads screwed on and and, you know just get through the last like 12 to 18 months um with with the the ideas of events and things coming back and you know our mental health kind of improving as a as a collective um but yeah i i think undoubtedly you know it's a tricky one like some some artists have been able to kind of just put pen to paper and absolutely churn out music. I think uh, a number of artists from, from my experience in terms of speaking with people uh, kind of over pressurize themselves at points to, because once they're, once they're an artist and they've uh, you know, locked in their debut release, there's suddenly that pressure, that self-enforced pressure of oh, I need to be successful at this. It needs to start going from strength to strength ASAP because I've got to pay my bills and you know i think for for people being furloughed like in some senses that's worked out for some people where they've had a bit more time to make music or a bit more headspace to kind of get into it and and for others it hasn't been you know some people have experienced like serious writer's block uh, other other negative effects of the pandemic so it's very much like not a one-size-fits-all um but yeah i mean from some from some artists we have definitely seen a lot more creativity you know which i'm sure is probably born out of having a little bit more time to approach your passion um rather than just you know working working for the man to pay your bills you know so
0: mm, yeah the old nine to five gotta love it yeah of course we all do it <laughs> um and i know for um i know for uh like in terms of the podcast uh Mike, you only started during episode thirteen. I want to say it used That's to be right. Polar and you that used to do it. I've obviously noticed that during the lockdown and such, uh, there's been more and more podcasts. As in, they've been coming a bit more frequently. Was that due to the lockdown and just having that platform to bring music to people that caused more frequent podcasts? Um, so the
2: first the first twelve episodes were done by um, Monica out in New Zealand um and he had you know other other people guests and stuff pick the the tunes um and then he he contacted us and said you know I've, I've enjoyed doing it but you know I'm struggling to to give this the time um because he was doing them every month and um at that point we s- sat down as a group and said yeah why don't we all uh sort of pitch in and and, and do it together and that's um, you know from a selfish point of view helped me as well right because it was we were pre-pandemic we were doing it you know Mike djs and we've got jack hosting it this time or liam doing it or jack or joe doing it um and then as the sort of pandemic comes in then it's kind of just you know only me doing it on my own and that you know i think we've done them every month now and um it's two years since we've or just over two years since we've you know, got it back from, um, Monica and I've really enjoyed it. You know, um, I've, you know, not enjoyed these most recent ones as much as some of the other ones, but when we had other people, uh, you know, people doing it with me, um, one of the particular highlights for me in recent memory was remember in sort of September time when there was that little kind of relax, relaxation in, in the, um, lockdown rules. Yeah. We actually did a, uh, podcast, me, Joe and Jack, um, To celebrate our Soul Music 2020 release, Um, and we just played tunes from that, and we just had a laugh in the studio, right? And that was like such uh, like welcome break to the sort of you know inflicted like isolation and separation because we were you know we were just doing um, our label meetings on on Zoom and that you know and and I I can't wait to get back to doing you know that sort of multi-person podcast format. If only for the fact that people don't have to just listen to me chat shit for an hour. Um, So I'm hoping that the next podcast that we record, we can do it as as a as a you know more than just a mic drop thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Potential to live stream these podcasts. Do you guys live stream the podcasts or?
1: Um, We don't currently don't. But maybe 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 we should. I don't know. Like. It's, it's, it's definitely something. I mean, for me, it's been really nice to see um, Mike just kind of come into his own, like doing the podcast, you know, because um, when when Max Monica was initially doing them, um, mm. I can't remember how it come about. I feel, feel like he approached us about it, maybe. And, and, you know, he spotted a gap and it's... It's something that, quite frankly, we should have been doing already, but we weren't. And um, the format that he developed was really cool for the show, I think. I think it brought, like, uh, a different spin on what a label podcast kind of should become or, you know. So I think that gave some great insight in, in a different manner when he was hosting it. But um, it's been nice to see it come into its own and Mike similarly rise to the task of being being the host, you know. Um, and, and hopefully, yeah, we will kind of continue to grow it in various formats. Um, I mean, yeah, hmm. live live streaming maybe will come at, at, at some point. Um, to be honest, like, as it is now, trying to fit everything around people's different schedules and stuff, it's not always possible. But, again, hopefully as events open out and this and that, we might be able to approach some kind of fun ways to frame the podcast, you know, and I think live elements, and similarly as Mike was saying, to have others involved in it gives a bit more scope to, to its kind of, um, you know, possibilities.
2: So it's actually Joe's idea to start... Um me for me to start filming them and putting them up on uh youtube which has you know helped me to learn about how to you know light your room properly and get your uh, tripod set up and your yeah. microphone and all this um because this isn't stuff i've had to grapple with before um so we've had a few re-records and a few retakes and stuff <laughs> um and unusable footage that we've tried to color correct and all that gubbins but we got there in the end, um, so you know it's nice to have someone like Joe saying, "Look," or, or Liam or Jack going, "Look," you know, we, we want to uh, extend or improve the content we're putting out, and um, yeah, it's, you know, nice to just showcase to people other music, you know, maybe similar to, to the sound that people might expect from us, you know, the more liquidy kind of stuff. But I tried, to, I tried to yeah. chuck a variety in there, and I think that shows in the sort of some of the compilation releases we put out like the tonics and the soul music 2020 it's not just you know compilation of 25 like
0: liquid female led stuff or whatever you know yeah of course um i mean now it's a good way to ask both of you guys then how would you guys define like for example let's let's pretend someone's just gotten into drum and bass and you want to introduce them to solvent how would you describe the solvent sound
1: another good question i feel like i feel like mike should answer that one first because with his way into the label you know i think he can give maybe a slightly better fan stance for where Mm, it was like five years ago or something like that
2: it's it's definitely evolved right um which is a good thing um but you know when i was my when i was in my solvent superfan status you know to me it's like so yesterday mike yeah you never i never i'm never, never going to leave that am i um <laughs> never meet your heroes Colin, you see what i mean yeah see i get um, it <laughs> 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 so yeah, yeah when i was when i was discovering and and losing my solvent virginity right it was all about you know that kind of um easy listening or feel good kind of liquid stuff. Um, you know, I'd p- I'd point to the early B motion stuff that we had a mm-hmm. lot of stuff on soul sessions, volume one, uh, NCT scars, you know, like the, the, the first Poland Bryson stuff, galaxy stuff, all that kind of like, you know, quintessentially liquid stuff. Um, but I think it started to, to evolve after that. Yeah. Um, into, just a lot more kind of variety and stepping into different subgenres, um, you know, across like drum and bass. Like probably just the time, just a bit after the Polar and Bryson album um, in 2016, we did um, Soul Sessions Volume 2 after that. And then the releases started to step into a bit of a different mode, you know, obviously keeping that core liquid stuff, but um, not really turning away other other sounds, if it was good, yeah. And I think yeah. um one of our t shirts, we've got a definition like you know solvent, and then it's got a definition underneath. I think it says something along the lines of like East but East London based record label, um specializing in high quality drum and bass. And I think that is we've definitely pigeonholed ourselves. I think I don't know if you agree, Joe. Over the years, yeah, I completely
0: agree with that.
1: Yeah, I think we've tried to. You know, I think uh, as we kind of touched on earlier, you know, um, if you're not thinking about the future and trying to move forwards in a positive light, you're just staying still. Um, and you know, I think one of the one of the absolute strengths of D and B as a genre and its its influences is, is you know fully led by um, the the sheer talent and time that producers take and spend on on creating kind of sonic spaces and and just really uh exploring like what's possible in sound design and 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 the vibes that you kind of bring on tunes these days so i think for for us over time it kind of became a thing of if if we just continued to fit in the box that we made for ourselves then we'd probably get bored of it and everyone else would too so one of my favorite things has been to play upcoming releases to friends of mine who are not as liquid inclined, let's say. And, uh, you know, if I can receive a screw face followed by a question of, is this coming out a solvent? Probably. Then, you know, I feel like we started to do our job in that capacity. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely like a core liquid sound is, is kind of where we started and cut our teeth, you know. Um, but we, we, we're wanting to expand beyond that all the time, really.
0: Yeah, now that's a that's a really good point you made about labels evolving. I think anyone who's listening who does own a upcoming label or anything should remember that that um you know it's good to try new things and um we've talked about solvent having evolved where do you think the future of solvent is you know we're we've um we're coming close to 10 years in 2023 where where do we think we'll be by then
1: that's that's a great question um i mean i would like to hope that you know uh, without kind of harking on about the same things i hope that the world opens up a little bit more and we, we get to get stuck in a little bit more on the ground um because you know it's obviously been tough in uh, like across the the, the music uh, industry and the kind of nighttime events uh, sector over the last 12 months and, you know, I think it's so important to have shows to back up and showcase the, the music that you're working on. Um, but at the same time, like you know, where we touched on on Josh and Bailey being signed now, um, we've obviously got Yuho and um, Saini, uh, Asko and Allaire signed as well. Um, and we've another signing announcement on the way um, that I can't disclose now, yeah. but will come soon. Um, so in terms of, like, what, what the next few years for the label look like, I guess just, just trying to continually churn out high-quality music as we do um exploring across kind of different genres and subgenres within the scene and and trying to capitalize on you know the the constant evolution that's taking place within within the genre um but i guess the main thing is just like yeah wanting to uh continue to put out solid like uh yeah. album albums from artists you know be they like debut or like in most second one um which you can expect in the near future like yeah just m- more more of the same but even higher kind of quality brackets and, and quality control within within what we do and yeah I mean there's nothing happier for me about like being able to give a, a debut artist uh album kind of slot to to an artist and you know they can hold hold their baby in their hand on wax like I think that's I think that's really important you know like I I'm a musician in my, my own right to a degree I stepped away from production quite a while ago um but I I imagine that if you'd put all that effort into something, into a body of work like that, you'd want to be able to hold it and be like, look, mum, this is me.
0: Frame it as well.
1: Yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully, just more of the same.
0: <laughs> uh, Mike, anything you want to add to that?
2: Um, so I, I I think that I'd like to see... Well, I think one of the things I said to Joe when I joined was uh, it was after we put the um, Polo and Bryson album out, right? And um, I think I said to Joe, it'd be great if we could you know, do another artist album. But, and I think his response and the other guys was like, yeah, but it's got to be the right artists. It's got to be the right time. Um, And it took us a while to get there, but um, in, in most, we found that and, and we managed to convince them that, that um, we were right. And I think we were, (laughs) um, which is, which is good. And we, now, now we're, now we, now we've got some more like album projects um, in the pipeline. Um, You know, I'd, I'd like to, you know just try and and grow it you know as a brand and like you know get to do more merch and like do more events and you know that last one's probably you know from, from on a more selfish uh tip but like i'd i'd want i'd want people to like know who we are so for example like you know if i go to a party mm-hmm. you know when we were allowed to go to parties um you know i'd speak to people who are kind of like you know on the on the periphery of drone bass or well, heard a few tunes right and you go have you heard of Poland Bryson? And they go, yeah, yeah, I like them, really good. Like, that's the sort of sound I like. And, and I go, oh, have you heard of Soul Records? They're like, no. Nah. <laughs> so, like, I want to, you know. Yeah, um, of course. It, try and get our name onto the lips of, of, of more than just the, the like, the hardcore super fans like me, <laughs> you know, and and just become more um, of
0: a household name. I can totally see that happening with the way was Sol- established quite a lot of names as well, because... There's a lot of names now like Galaxy and so on that we mentioned earlier who let's say they're super fans will probably go back and they'll see, oh, they had a solvent release. Oh, Winslow's had a solvent release, same with B-Motion, et cetera, et cetera. So I really feel like that could actually happen. Um, With the, because we're close to wrapping up. So um, with all the music you've heard, obviously more so with promos as opposed to demos, who and you know since you've been around for so long you've seen trends develop this is a question we tend to ask quite a lot of our guests who have been around for a long time
1: don't make me feel old bro no
0: no 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 No, no. it's more about you know being wise being wise right (laughs) (laughs) um what do you guys feel is a trend that's waiting to blow up
1: in terms of like uh sound within the scene
0: Uh, musically yeah 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 in terms of sound
1: yeah, interesting one. I mean, I, I guess like uh, from from my perspective, like with different artists that we work with, I think sometimes uh, people have a quite defined uh, picture of their own sound and where they want to take it. So some people are quite heavily into one particular subgenre and that kind of comes across in uh, in their music and, and others kind of like to smash things together. And I think uh, on the kind of fundamental basis of create- creativity and creative arts and and music in general, I I personally want to see a lot more uh, as, as I think we do see anyway of artists, like really smashing together their um, influences. Uh, So, you know, like, yeah, give me like an epic uh, liquid style breakdown followed by some absolute neuro tear out drop. Like, and I think it's just that thing that where things have to be explored, you know, like uh, where we work with um, artists who are quite early in their careers often. I think it's really important that, um, people are kind of encouraged and comfortable to really just try shit out because you know i think that's how you 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 figure out what you like what you're good at you see what other people Mm. make of what you're doing um and yeah i i I think you know that one of the fundamental bases of the scene is just people always wanting to push things forward and i I don't feel like that is ever going to kind of drop off you know um but I guess maybe just for sort of up-and-comers and people on it like that is, um, yeah, you know, just just don't be scared, like, you know, like, because I think if you paint yourself into a corner too early on, there's not really a lot of room for growth and development beyond that. Um, and it's really important both for, like, the, the artists and their development as well as the scene and the fans and people latching onto what they're doing is um, just, yeah, just exploration and development and, and trying stuff out, you know?
0: Mm, great answer. M- Mike, anything you want to add to that?
2: yeah so i i think what i would say is that um or so i've noticed it in my own um taste and preference is like it you might hear something the first time and then it'll you might you know maybe not think you like it but then it kind of like it can be a bit of a grower um i think Mm. like you know there's been Kind of different chapters in in what's happened, right? You like you know, it's tend to like rollers and fog corns, and now we've got wobblers and all this kind of like stuff. When you first hear it, you're like, mm, maybe not. But then, when you come back to it after a while, you now like it, right? Um, and I think people shouldn't be worried about kind of stepping out of the um, you know, like the kind of the scene mandated comfort zone in inverted commas, um, and and trying new shit so that that. You know, they might find that someone, you know, bigger listens to their promo or their demo, right? And then they're inspired to go do it. And then, you know, that whilst you might not be carried on the shoulders of, of the scene, um, you know, I think you, people might secretly know that, that, you know, so-and-so did it first, right? And I think we went through this yeah. little period of like everybody loving like a halftime intro or like a halftime breakdown with a tambourine and stuff. And I like that, right? And... and I think you get these kind of like little waves of things, you know, little techniques or themes happening in tunes. And I like to see that. And it's, I guess it's like, you know, anything like fashion and stuff, it's on, on trend for a while and then goes away again. But some of the, some, you always get like a
0: diamond in the rough sometimes of like tune that really like stands out. Nice. I like that a lot. And, um, it kind of segues into the last question before we wrap up. um, from both of you, any names that you think our audience should look out for, whether they're solvent or not, just anyone whose music you're really feeling at the moment.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Mike, if you want to field this first while well, I uh, well, I just make sure that I get the right list of names that I want to drop. I mean, Mike often uh, int- <laughs> introduces me to music uh, via the podcast, which I'm not aware of, which I think is like fundamentally amazing because it's like if, if he can mm. show me new stuff and we're working together and we're friends, I hope he's doing the same for, uh, for listeners of the podcast to kind of put them onto new stuff as well, you know? So yeah, Mike, if you want to field that first, I'll, uh, I'll come back.
2: <laughs> exactly. Sure. Uh, do you know what? I think, um, there's a guy, Henry. Oh yeah. We um, love Henry. Who's, who's really doing bits at the moment. He's, um, yeah, he, he, he you know what? He always sends me stuff and, um, I, I always try and put it in the podcast when I can. So, um, big up Henry. Um, Telomic does it. I like his stuff. Um, I know he's part of your community as well. Um, ben Rolo's doing stuff now. Loar's got some hot shit in the locker. Um, and and you know, I do like um, what Askor and Alair are doing, right? Like, there's, I think a really good example of of their sound, which they're really carving and carving out now and sort of capitalising on, is that their remix of the um, uh, what's it called, Silver Lining, um, on the yeah. in most uh, alternate route CP. Um so that's that's really good. Um
0: that's a great remix. Yeah.
2: But uh, like uh, when you listen to that, I think I said it on the podcast when you play it like you know that that's an Askonele kind of it's had the Askonele treatment. Um so I'm really excited about what we're doing with them. Great to have them signed to 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 like tie them down was a big um a big sort of achievement for us because I think they're going places. Um who else do you know what? I'm going to feel bad for the people that I don't mention. There's a tune come out recently from Sapphire featuring DRS that just been on repeat in my Spotify called Hold It yeah. On for like two weeks. Um, and it came out like just after I recorded the last episode of the podcast. I was like, fuck, I wish I could have put that in there. So I'll put that in the next one. But like, it's sometimes you just get onto random shit that you didn't really know or that you you didn't think you would listen to because you've pigeonholed in your mind that artist, yeah. I can give you another example. One of the tunes that K-Motions put out, um, oh, I think it was on UKF, called Dusk. Like, you know, I was, like heard some K-Motions tunes on yeah. like, Not, Not really f- for me. But then you hear that one and you're like, shit, like people do have this stuff in the locker. They can they can really please, um, you know, different crowds. Mm. Great world, it. I've waffled on enough now, Joe, you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it would be uh, remiss of me not to mention... You know, of course, Josh and Bailey, the Inmost Boys. Um, you know, second album will be on the way soon enough. Uh, also, Askwinolair Mountain. You know, debut debut albums will be on the way from them soon as well. Um, and then on the slightly less maybe Why like established kidding? side, uh, you know, Vector, um, Born lad, He's he's going from strength to strength at the moment. Um, Dushy as well, that, uh, and Lally. They yeah, were all Vector. all three of them were sat on the um, tonics, the first <laughs> okay. tonics, VAEP. Um, you've also got the, the Circumference Boys, uh, they're based in like Bristol, they're studying in Bristol at the moment, um, they're fucking killing it, man, they're, they're, their approach to production is is quite strange, um, but but cool as well, um, and then we've got like Black Lab, the, the Las Vegas Boys, I really like what they're doing, because it always fascinates me when um, people are really sort of removed, uh, at least physically, from, from the scene that, that I grew up in and, and was inspired by, um, and, I, I, you know, I found, find it super inspiring that people can can make stuff that is so easily transferable and translatable to a scene that they have probably never experienced. You know what I mean? Like there's not from having chatted with those guys, there's not really a lot going on in Las Vegas. You're out in the middle of the fucking desert unless you're gambling or doing something else. It's, uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot of scene there. Um, and my last one would be Lens. Uh DJ lens is cold. Uh she's playing at our our spearhead night and um yeah she's just absolutely flying the flag for women at the moment. Uh one of the most talented DJs I've seen in a minute. So yeah, I mean those are those are a couple names I can give. You know, I could be here for twenty minutes spitting out names, but Same here, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> could rattle off so yeah, many. So much talent. So much talent out there right now, isn't it? It's crazy. Um Maybe we do that yeah, in the bonus. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just list names for all 30 minutes. Perfect.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that wraps us up nicely for the main show. So thank you guys for coming on. Um, do you guys want to just let our audience know where they can find you guys as individuals or solvent on the socials?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I don't know why anyone would want to follow me, but I'm at, at JGospeaks on uh, Instagram and Twitter um otherwise you'll probably just see me making a fool out of myself at the next event so just if you see a solvent t-shirt come and say hello um and all the sol- all the solvent socials is just at uh, solvent records s o u l v e n t records
2: and uh, yeah much like what joe says um if you want to see some crappy pictures of me djing or like sometimes i do pictures of my dog or some nice food i've eaten uh i'm at mike drop svr um on twitter and instagram i think i'm mike drop dj on facebook but i have to get joe to manage all that for me because i'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to social media <laughs> i think yeah, i think that sounds you know, about thanks right Thanks for having us man no absolute pleasure
1: yeah, no. thanks so much for having us man yeah. Hope, ho- hopefully that was interesting
0: <laughs> that was good um also any forthcoming stuff you want to tease that's on the horizons within the next month or two This is now the end of July, so feel free to plug away. Yeah, a couple of
1: bits. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, Monica's. Well, obviously, before that, uh, there's the Inmost Cloud 9 EP, uh, which is available now uh, on digital and also in a gorgeous purple vinyl. Um, There's a couple of signed copies. Uh, Hopefully, there won't be that many by this time that people are listening. But, yeah, uh, have a little look for those. And then we've got monica's fly to you single which will be out now as well upon listening and uh vector's debut ep the culture shift ep which is out on the 30th of july um that's what i've got mike what have you got
2: that that monica that monica tune is a hurter. i played that in the last podcast
0: um that's gonna do some damage oh intrigued to hear that need to hear that but um nice great i mean once again thank you guys um and viewers, listeners, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to leave a review for this episode, you can go over to podchaser.com slash thinkbreaks. That is podchaser.com slash thinkbreaks. Any review helps, no matter how good or bad it is, just you know, tell us how amazing we are. We love you. Um, Patreon as well, patreon.com slash thinkbreaks. Uh, you get some bonus shows. I'm just about to go record with Joe and Mike for our bonus show now. Um, loads of other bonus content including early access to these episodes Um, and yeah, that's the end of the show I've been Karin, they've been Solvent Records and you've been amazing see you next time, peace